MTC Studio presents Tales of the Extraordinary! A weekly radio drama of pulp adventure and mayhem. Rest your eyes, open your ears, and let your mind absorb the incredible. Our thrilling tale begins in Belgium, April 1918. The Great War has raged for nearly four long years, violently transforming the landscape and decimating an entire generation. On this languid night, a train snakes slowly through the Belgian countryside. A few cars of the train are transporting massive machinery covered by tarps and guarded by pairs of German troops. Clouds obscure the moon above, providing enough darkness for the train convoy to sneak through. It also provides cover for an allied dirigible floating silently overhead. Aboard the floating spycraft, the mixed Anglo and American crew are observing the train below through a complex lens mechanism. But not everyone is hard at work. Leading a game of poker around a makeshift card table is Mr. H, a strapping all-American with fair hair and slick machismo. All right, Dickie, pass her in. Second round, last chance. Across from him is a British soldier, Richard Dickey Broughton, who sports a mutton-chop mustache that has long ago gone out of fashion. I'd really rather you not keep calling me that, Hedge. You yanks and your obsessive need to nickname everyone. Says the man who calls me by an initial. Now that's because your name is unpronounceable, Hedge. What is it, Polish? Honestly, you Americans are nothing but a slew of European rejects with names even you cannot pronounce correctly. You keep talking like that, I may not invite you over to meet my parents. Does this mean we're, what do you say, going steady? You can save a man's life only so many times before you're bound, eh? I see. Well, just so you know, none of this living in sin nonsense. I'm an old-fashioned lad. <laughs> <laughs> now you got a tough choice here, Dickie. You pass this round and I get that final leg in the pot. You want to protect the pot? Show your hand and we can move on to the fifth card. Maybe you'd win. Maybe not. All right, Hitch. Commander, we have something. On my way. Hey, what do you think you're doing? Our job. What have we got, Mr. Brubaker? A train, sir. And some very large, very special cargo, sir. Yes, that looks like some serious weaponry, all right. I suppose it's true, then. The Germans have built tanks to counter our own. What's this, then? Well, that would most likely be one of the Jerry's famed railcar guns, old boy. What? Probably a 15mm. Wouldn't you say, Dubosky? I should hope so, sir. How did you... A lucky guess, I suppose. <laughs> Just like I'm guessing you'll be ordering us to turn around and report back to command. Of course, Hedge. The Anzac front line will be decimated. We have to warn the Australians before... <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Diggy. Tell us more. I don't like this, sir. Are you mad? Oh, Diggy, <laughs> I just don't care. Pilot, turn this ship around now. Belay that order, Private. Keep a fixed position over the Jerry train. It's time to leave, boys. What do you think you're doing? Joining up with the winning side. Brubaker, place these men under arrest. Oh, sir. Wow! Now it's a party! You can't be serious, Hedge. What of your patriotic duty? What of... I, th I thought we were friends. Maybe you haven't noticed, old boy, but the Germans have been routinely kicking our allied asses all over Europe. I, for one, am getting tired of it. Is this how you Yanks fight wars, then? Jumping ship when things get hairy? If the Americans are to be blamed for something, it should be for lax recruitment standards, letting a bunch of career criminals like us fill the ranks. So, you're nothing but common street vermin. Ooh, big words from a limey. Eh, boys? <laughs> Why are you doing this? Come now, no tears. It's nothing personal, sport. My boys and I have been at this sort of thing since the Spanish War. 
I see. I suppose you're going to kill me then, is that it? Oh, <laughs> Dickie. How short-sighted of you. Since we're such good mates. Where? Fair enough. I'll give you a choice. You can simply let us go. We'll hand you a parachute and go our separate ways. Or you can put up a useless fight and leave this ship the hard way. Like your friend, Brewbaker, here. What? Out you go! Ah, pity. That was a perfectly good door. You sick bastard! Now, now, boys. Let's give him a chance. You see, Dickie boy? I like you. Yeah, lucky me. Yes, you are. And because I like you, I'm gonna give you a third option. Come with me, Dickie. The Germans have promised to give us asylum. In exchange for information on a mission here or a top-secret weapon there, we'll never see a battlefield again. It'll be sweet living with some new Hyades in the Bavarian Alps. <laughs> what do you say? The Alps are lovely this time of year. Oh, that's my little Dickie. It's a pity you won't see them. <laughs> nice hit. My turn. Sir, the door! Watch out! Get off me! Feel that, little Dickie? The cold nip of death. We could have made a great team, you and I. Think about that over the next few seconds before you hit the ground. No, thank you. I'll let you have that honor. See you around, old boy. Right then. Ah, a challenge. Who's first? We take you now to Los Angeles, 1926. In the low light of her bedroom, actress Lizzie Long readies for bed at her vanity, combing her short, blonde hair. Posters of her films are plastered about her walls, obviously B or C-grade entertainment. Lizzie Long has a classic silent movie beauty to her, with big eyes and a small, pouty mouth. Who's there? Please! No! Why are you here? Oh, stop, please! I, di I didn't do nothing wrong. Ah! What? That dream again. Lizzie. I better get dressed. The unknown man shakes off the sleep from his eyes and the memory of his nightmare as he dons a billowing trench coat, a wide-brimmed hat, and a red mask that covers his face below the eyes. Minutes later, he is in the streets, gliding from shadow to shadow through the dark night air. As a local newsstand closes up, its proprietor is unaware of the stealthy figure procuring his own complimentary copy. What's this? A classified ad addressed to the unknown. Subtle. I guess I'd better pay O'Reilly a visit and... What was that? Looked like a Chinaman lurking in the alley. Too well-dressed for this part of town, though. Must be lost. H hello Who's there? Huh. In a lonely alleyway is a door to a nameless bar. That door flies open. And a gargantuan bouncer with a troll-like build and a shaved head emerges through the tiny portal. Out you go, little man. Hey, you can't... Ah! Dumb punk. That's the last drunk, boss. Ah, uh, thanks, you know. I was looking to close early tonight. Yeah. Ah, uh, we're closed, chum. Oh, it's you. I got your message in the paper. So you're the mysterious unknown vigilante, huh? 
New guy? Yeah, well, after what you did to Stan... This is the guy that put Stan in the hospital? This little girl? Tino, don't. Oh, come on, look at this getup. Looks like a cowboy made it with a banker. Let's see what's under the mask, Nancy. No, wait! Yo! You have five seconds to tell me why I'm here, O'Reilly. Time to sing. The unknown is here. Give me what I want or else it's curtains. <laughs> curtains, curtains for you, my girl. Come on now, Morty. I'm just having a little fun. Half hour break, everyone. Let's give our star some time to regain his sanity. <sighs> Something the matter, Mort? Randy, Randy, Randy. You got a lovely voice, son. Why, thank you, Mort. But I doubt the real unknown vigilante breaks into song. You don't know that. You know what? We've interviewed dozens of witnesses, and not one has ever mentioned a penchant for Puccini. Even without sound, people can tell when you're pulling stunts like that. Film is a subtle medium. This isn't vaudeville. Words of inspiration. Thanks. Get out of here. You want to show off your voice, Moon? Invent a talking movie. I'll get right on that. Mr. Moon? (laughs) Your makeup? Hmm? Oh, yes. Have at me, maiden. My impossibly high cheekbones are yours to assail. (laughs) You're a scream, Mr. Moon. Yes, I suppose I am. What say after the shoot I make you scream, hmm? Oh! I suppose I am. What say after the shoot I make you scream, hmm? Oh! Encore. Encore. Vesper, darling. Excuse me. What brings you around? I've been making a few house calls near the studio. Ah, the psychic to the stars. Is that Thak Hader asking for career advice again? Laugh all you want, Randolph. People have needs, and I fill those needs. Speaking of... Filling needs. I have another ten minutes before I have to be back on set. Oh, my. A whole ten minutes. That's practically a marathon for you. Fine. You're lost. Sorry, Sheik. Perhaps we can do lunch tomorrow instead. Say around one-ish? No can do. I have lunch plans with an upstanding member of the L.A. Police Department. Mmm, in trouble with the law. No, not this time. I'm employing a new method to my acting repertoire. I must play an officer of the law in the upcoming Mexico Strikes Back. To fully inhabit the role, I will be working with a real-life copper. Not to be rude, but aren't you more of a glorified mime? Not to be rude? (laughs) I was going to extend an invitation to join us. However... Oh, no. Why, I'd love to, thank you, Randolph. And I promise to behave, you silly monkey. Evening, Gatsby. I know, I know. I've had a hell of a day, so get off my case, all right? Have you been sitting in that lounger all day? Clean up some of these cigarette butts, huh? Uh, Don't give me that elitist bourgeois. I don't see any servants around, Gatsby. So that just leaves you. At least we agree on something. (sighs) I told you not to do that. One of these days, I'm going to shoot first. This place is a mess. Yeah, well, I've been busy. Doing what? I thought they kicked you off the force after the Hearst scandal. I was demoted, not fired. Too bad. I found justice easier to dispense without a badge weighing me down. Are you here for a reason, Mother? 
other than unasked for advice? Yes, this. I've got a lead on the Lizzie Long case. I need a favor. What's this, then? The possible killer. Yeah? Where's he at, Mr. Shadow? Mexico. Guadalajara, to be exact. But I know where he's going. And you want me to secure you some travel, don't you? Someone who can keep secrets, yes. I'll see what I can do. You sure this is your man? This guy with the mutton-chop mustache? Looks like a walking caricature, not a killer. Richard... Uh... Broaden. And yes, I'm sure. Speaking of travel, brave listeners, how about you travel down to your nearest Woolworths and pick up this fine product from our sponsor today? <sighs> I still have to finish dinner and clean the house before Charlie comes home, but I just can't find the energy. Never seem to have enough time in the day for all the things that need to be done? Is your body running out of gas on the highway of life? Worry no longer. With Dr. Moonbeam's cocaine for the brain, you'll have enough pep for four people. Just one quick sniff and you'll get that engine running on turbo power. Hello, honey. My, the house looks wonderful. and I can smell that roast from here. <laughs> However do you do it? That's a secret between me and my doctor. Have a seat, sweetie. You can go ahead and start without me. I still have a few things to finish up. There's that table I was making in the garage, and I have a few letters to run to the post office. Oh, I should take a look at your car and make sure the engine's properly tuned. Would you like a massage first? Dr. Moonbeam's cocaine. That's oh, I'm my sorry, line. you were supposed to say. Dr. Moonbeam's cocaine for the brain. Pick it up now at your local pharmacist. And now... <clears throat> and now... Back to our tale, already in progress at an outdoor cafe along Hollywood Boulevard. Apparently laws in Australia are a great deal more relaxed, so Fairbanks piloted this helio chopper while I clung to the rope ladder beneath. <laughs> oh, what a sight we made. What is wrong, Vesper, darling? This? This is how you blend in? A beret, goatee, and dark glasses? Do I look like Randolph Moon? Hmm? I think not. I fit in perfectly. Mm. No one here would possibly recognize Moon. <laughs> Detective Sullivan, welcome. I hope you don't mind, but I've invited a friend to join us. Vesper Kingsley, pleasure. Psychic to the stars. Ah, I've never met a real psychic before, ma'am. I assure you, I am just like anyone else, Detective. Have a seat, won't you? May I get you anything to drink, sir? Whiskey, please. Whatever you got. Of course. Yes, sir. Actually, ma'am, I'm not quite a detective anymore. Got myself a bit of a demotion. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Are you saying the Los Angeles PD doesn't consider my research worthy of a real detective? Randolph! That's all right, ma'am. Your friend is right. The other boys are busy doing real work. If I may pry, what happened? Apparently, there are rules about how blotto you can be while on the job. Oh, were you driven to the drink by one of your cases? You could say that. I'd rather not talk about it. This sounds exciting. Did you witness some horrific bloodbath? Or, or get personally involved with the suspect? Only to have her die in your arms. Her final breath of life wasted on her confession of love. Oh, were you tortured with electricity? Is he always like this? Pay him no mind, Mr. Sullivan. Mike, ma'am. Sorry, Mike. Nothing so elaborate, Mr. Moon. My partner and I were involved in the Lizzie Long case last year and... Uh... Really? I knew poor Lizzie. After a fashion. Yeah, we know. You were a suspect for about five minutes. Is that a fact? Don't worry. Whoever it was, they were smart. Can't say I'm looking forward to working with you, Mr. Former Detective. 
I don't have to do this, you know. Perhaps a change of subject, yes? Are you still involved with the Lizzie Long case, Mr. Sullivan? Um, Mike? Sure am. The boys may think I'm off my nuts, but I'm no slacker. Well, if it isn't Vesper Kingsley. Jacob Butler. Psychic to the stars, yes. Charlton to the stars, you mean? Is this trash another form of flame, Jake? Excuse me? Now, now, Dieter. Green is not your color. Jacob, Randolph Moon. I know full well who you are, Mr. Moon. I love your work. Thank you very much, sir. I wish I had more time to chat. The lovely Miss Manhauer and I were on our way to Paramount for some business. Oh, well, I won't keep you then. You're right, you won't. I'm having a little soiree this weekend. Feel free to stop by, Mr. Moon. I'll put you on the list. Be sure to lose the trash at home, yeah? Uh, will do. See you then. You are truly pathetic. What? You know how I feel about that man. There's room enough for two psychics in Hollywood. That's not the point, you brown-nosing sycophant. No offense, ma'am, but a psychic? Yes, it's true. So you can tell me my fortune or something? It's not quite like that. Oh. Here, let me show you. Look at me, okay? All right. Forget Randolph Moosh. Forget the boys back at the department. I want you to look into my eyes and concentrate on the Lizzie Long case. Got it? Yes. All right. Sure. Good. Good. Oh, come on. This isn't the place for... Dickie! What? What? Where is he going? I don't... The unknown. What? Where? We have to stop him getting on that plane! We? The unknown is going to kill Dickie! Dickie Broughton? What does he have to do with anything? He said he was the killer. Who? What do you call him? The unknown! Is this a joke? Are you both on a toot? Because I haven't had a drop all day, and I don't... Mike, I can't explain it, but I am sure that Dickie did not kill Lizzie Long. How do you know? Because I know that bonehead, and he's no killer. Now, you are going to drive us all to the airfield before the unknown gets on that plane. It isn't real. Drive, Sullivan. Move it, Randolph. I can't go to Mexico. I have a 6 a.m. call tomorrow. Officer Sullivan's car pulls up at the edge of a dusty airstrip. A dozen people of various humble dress are queuing up alongside a three-engine Ford Trimotor 4AT, waiting for the door to open. Vespa peers out from the car and looks the crowd over. This is the shuttle between L.A. and Mexico. It's mainly for wealthier Mexican businessmen. Which one is he? Look for the guy with the red scarf over his face. You mean to tell me you have never seen his face? No. He wears the same outfit every time we meet. For all I know, he sleeps in that mask. He must already be on board. You are sure that this is the right plane, Mike? Absolutely. I'm the one who told him. Just what are you planning to do, Miss Kingsley? Well, it looks like I am going on a little vacation. Like hell you are, ma'am. Where that plane is heading ain't no place for a lady. She's no no lady. lady. I'm sorry, but if you're insistent on boarding that plane, then I'm coming with you. We both know that this is a bad idea, Mike. You have things to take care of here. You need to find out who gave that information to the unknown. Still don't know how you... Not you... now. Find out who wants Dickie dead, and I'm willing to bet you'll find Lizzie's murderer to boot. That is one tough Sheba. Not really. She once tripped on a sidewalk and broke her hip. She's built like my grandmother. So, partner, where are we headed? We? I'm headed back to my apartment. You're going back to your diner. Hold on. You're going to need some backup out there, copper. You need a partner on this beat, and I'm your man. No, you're not. You're an actor. Exactly. I'm a jack of all trades. I've been a cop, a killer, a detective, a street thug, and a prince. I'm like a one-man army. Your army. Fine. But you wait in the car, Mac. Got it? Hey, whatever you say. 
partner. Stop saying that. I already have a partner. Ticket, please. Thank you. Please watch your head as you climb aboard. Next. Excuse me, sir? Oh, uh, hello, miss. May I? <clears throat> Cut in line. <laughs> I, I, I mean, yes, absolutely, ma'am. Please. Thank you. Kindly. Ticket, please. Oh, yes, of course. Here you go. Thank you. Please watch your head. Ticket, sir? Yes, I, I, um, I, I just had a moment ago, honest engine. Where is he got to? Now, where is he? Neat trick with the ticket, Miss Kingsley. Who? Don't turn around. In two minutes, those engines will flood the cabin with their thunder. You have that long to explain why you're following me. What does fate have in store for our intrepid adventurers? Will Vespa be able to reason with the mad unknown vigilante? What does Little Dicky have to do with the death of Lizzie Long? None of these questions will be answered next episode! Instead, tune in and discover what Little Dicky Broughton has been doing all this time, and if he'll survive long enough for the unknown to kill him. Coming up on our next tale of... The Extraordinary!